Well, last week we talked about how the Israelites needed to trust their God. And after all, he has proved himself strong to them over and over again with the plagues on the Egyptians and protection over his people, the exodus from Egypt, the Red Sea miracle, using a tree to sweeten the water. Can you imagine that? Giving them an oasis of 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. Wouldn't you like to sit there? (laughs) And it gave them rest and refreshment. And every one of us have a time in our life where we need that rest and refreshment. God is still moving them forward, but they are moving into a wilderness called sin. They are in a season of testing. And how many of us are in a season of testing? God hasn't forgotten his promise to lead them into the promised land. Going into a wilderness doesn't look like they are heading to the promised land, does it? When you're in a wilderness, it doesn't look like the promises that God has given us is going to come forth. But when we are in a wilderness, not knowing what comes next or what is going to happen, what do we think? Are we thinking the negative? Are we thinking the positive? Or are we saying, God, you've already walked our journey. You're already ahead of everything. What are we saying? Or are we saying, where are you, God? Don't you see the suffering of your children? You know, many people have suffered illnesses for years. Uh, They have promises of the healing power and yet are still waiting. Sometimes we're feeling so lost and so alone. You ever feel that way? Feel lost and alone and ready to throw in the towel. Yet God continually sees us through and gives us encouragement as we follow him and spend that quiet time with him. That is the key. Spending quiet time with him. So we are in Exodus 16, and it says the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the wilderness, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around with lots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. I mean, if you wanted some Twinkies, I guess they had some Twinkies. They could do whatever. They had whatever they wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve us and this entire assembly to death. Oh, my goodness, not again. They're grumbling and complaining again. They just experienced all of this that I had told you in the beginning. It's like now they've had the rest and they've had refreshment. And here they are grumbling. Do we do that? We grumble. We've seen God move in such miraculous ways in our life. We see him move where there seems to be no way. He made a way. And what are we doing? We come to the next problem. We come to the next challenge. And what are we doing? Grumbling. Complaining. But you guys don't do that, right? Nobody does that. (laughs) 
Is God aware that their grain supply is getting low? I mean, is God saying, gee, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, God knows everything, and he's already ahead of all this. So, is God aware of our supply of food getting low in some of the stores? Sure he is. Of course he is. He's ahead of all of this. And unfortunately, many Christians do not realize that our Father is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And that is what you need to declare. Thank you. You are our, my Jehovah, make it personal, my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And many of us have taken for granted that since we are used to the abundance of food, it will always be there. And so many times we don't think about saying, thank you, Father, in the midst of our good and plenty years and are ready to grumble and complain in our lean seasons. When I was going through the divorce in my first marriage, I didn't know where my food was coming from. And I watched God provide all the time. I watched him and it was amazing to how he provided all the time. I never had any wants that were not met. God always met me right where I was at. And it wasn't always that I was standing there believing all the time either, because I was growing. I was just getting to really know his heart and really getting to know him because I didn't really know him for many, many years. I knew about him, but I did not know him. And that is what began to change in a situation, a hard situation that I was in. I began to know him. And I know him today. I know his heart. And I look back on those things that I've already seen God take me through. So why weren't the Israelites saying, thank you? Thank you. I know you're going to provide because, my goodness, you've done all this. I've watched you provide over and over and over again. But they didn't look at it that way. They grumbled and they complained. And then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Oh boy, that's a good one. Are we following God's instructions? Are we doing exactly what he has said to us? Or are we saying, no, that's not God. I didn't hear that. And so many times, you know, God will speak something to us. And if we don't want to hear it, nah, he didn't say that. But you know what? God has a way of keeping on and keeping on and just keep encouraging you and keep pulling you and saying, come on, he's tugging at our hearts. You see, God wants to tug at our hearts all the time. He has great purpose and plan for each one of us. And he had a great purpose and a plan for all these Israelites. He brought them out of slavery. You know, we've been brought out of slavery when Jesus Christ was crucified and resurrected. We've been brought out of slavery. We're not in that slavery anymore. We have freedom in Christ. 
And so we have to stand on that and believe that, no matter what's going on in this nation. And then it says, on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Ah, but this is a test. Are they going to listen? What do you think? Are they going to listen? How much mercy and grace has God had on them? So Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. You will know. I mean, come on. Don't they know that? (laughs) But Moses is saying, this is in the evening you will know who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord. I love that. Because he has heard your grumbling against him. What an awesome God we serve. He has heard their grumbling, and yet he's saying, you will see my glory. Moses said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but you're grumbling against the Lord. You ever think about that? You're grumbling and complaining. We all do it at one time or another, maybe more than once. (laughs) If we're honest, grumble, complain. And we think we're doing that towards somebody else. But you know what? You're really doing it towards the Lord. So when we grumble and complain, think about that. If Jesus was sitting beside you, would you say those things? Because he is. He's right here. Would you say those things that you're saying to other people? You see, the Israelites were saying this against Moses and Aaron, and they were really upset. And yes, God understands when we get upset. But in the same sense, when we hand it over to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to be doing this. Help me to be grateful for what you have done and for what you have given me. But most of all, help me to be grateful for who I am in you and who you are in me and through me. Are you grateful for that? Do you know we are so blessed? If we don't receive any other blessing in this world, we are blessed to have the Holy Spirit. When we accepted Jesus into our heart, that Holy Spirit is inside of us. And we are so blessed to be able to have the Holy Spirit. You see, the Israelites didn't have that. They followed man. They didn't have that relationship with God. They didn't have the Holy Spirit within them. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord. I believe when we grumble and complain, and I believe that it hurt his heart then when he saw his people grumbling and complaining, not trusting, not having faith, and I believe it hurts God's heart. Think about an earthly father who's really a good earthly father. And think about Josh over there who brings these children in. You know, if he promises them that something is going to take place, and then it, but he doesn't do it right away because he has some surprises for the children. But they start saying, when are you going to do this? You promised and I don't see it. <laughs> Isn't that what we do as children of God? <laughs> and 
And how would that hurt the father's heart? You're not trusting him. Not following the instructions. Not listening to his word. Now, can you imagine seeing the glory of the Lord's presence appear in a cloud? <laughs> you know, that's my prayer for all of us. That we all see the glory of the Lord. Oh, Father, show us your glory. Are you crying out? Oh, Father, show us your glory. You see, he was showing himself to his people. Do you cry out and say, I want to see you. Show me your glory. I want more of you and less of me. Because, you know, when you're crying out for more of him, you're going to get less of you. And that's what he wants because we are to be more like Jesus. And that is, the, that is where he's taking us on this time of wilderness. Are you trusting him? Are you listening to man's opinions and not listening? You see, I, I'm going to tell you, God does not anoint man's opinion. He does not anoint man's opinion. He anoints his word. And so what do we do? We listen to this and we listen to that and we listen to this and we're listening and we're hearing this and then somebody else comes along and tells us something else. What are we doing? We're getting all confused. Now where's confusion come from? It doesn't come from God. Why didn't they want to come closer to God when they saw his glory? Can you imagine? They saw his glory in that cloud. Why didn't they run up? I, I want more. I want more. But they didn't. They didn't. They stayed their distance. Why weren't they down on their knees repenting of their words against God? And let me tell you, if you are, if anyone is speaking any words against God, you need to be down on your knees repenting. Because God is good. He's good all the time, no matter what is going on. And I, I've read some of the things on Facebook. You know, some of it's good, some of it is not. Some of it is really upset with God and saying, well, what kind of a God would allow this to happen? What kind of a God would do this? You know, God didn't promise us a rose garden. He told us that we're going to go through trials. We're going to go through a tribulation, but he will be with us in everything. And I can tell you every hard thing that I've gone through, God has been right there with me, giving me joy in the midst of sorrow. Yeah, joy in the midst of sorrow. How does that happen? The joy of the Lord is our strength, not happiness. It's not about happy, happy Okay, now circumstances are good. Now I'm really happy. But now when the circumstances are bad, what happens then? Are you saying, Lord, I know that you're going to provide. Lord, I know that you're going to take care of this. Lord, I know that you're in this situation. And I'm going to thank you ahead of time because I know you've already got it worked out. You see, I believe God's glory is going to bring this nation to repent for walking away from him. And opening up the door to evil, because that is what has happened. The door has opened up 
to the evil and just to be able to walk right in. And verse 11 says, The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them that at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. And that evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is this? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person. Now, an omer was about 9.3 cups. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much and some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And then when they gathered it, they did not have too little. Everyone had gathered as much as they needed. You think God isn't going to give you what you need? Not what always you want, but what you need. He's going to give that to us. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning. And what happened? Maggots. And it began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. He told him not to do that. You know, there's always consequences to disobedience. Always consequences. And you know, the sad thing of it is, we can tell somebody and know that the Lord has laid that on my heart and we tell them over and over again and they still don't listen. And you know what? We watch the consequences. And that is so hard. You think God wants to see us in having to deal with those consequences? He doesn't want that. That's why he gives us instructions. That's why he gave us the Ten Commandments. That's why we are to obey him. God didn't want the Israelites to live on yesterday's manna. God wanted to give them fresh manna every day that would cause them to depend upon him. Now, this was to nourish their bodies. But let me tell you, we need fresh manna every day to nourish our spiritual bodies. We need to spend time with God every day. I cry out to him every day and I say, Lord, I need your fresh manna today. You see, yesterday he spoke to me and I love it, but I want to hear what he has to say today. I have that excitement inside of me. I want to hear from my daddy. I want to hear from my father. I want to know what's on his heart. You ever say, Lord, what's on your heart? What do you have to say today? Oh, my goodness. And he comes up with words, and I know there's no way that it's me because I don't speak like that. And sometimes he gives me words, and i got to go look them them up in the dictionary. (laughs) And I know that it's him. I love it. Oh, my goodness. God wants to give his fresh manna daily to every one of us. But if we don't take that time and spend with him, you know, just like the Israelites, they were storing it up. 
No, we don't want to store. Yes, we want to get into God's word, but we want to learn something every day, don't we? Every day, God has classes for us. And we can choose to cut class or we can choose to sit in that class with our Father. Now, Matthew 20, 20 to 1 says, But gather and heap up and store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust nor worm consume and destroy, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, what's there? Your heart. Your heart. What do you treasure? What do you what are you thinking about when you get up in the morning? Are you thinking about him? Are you saying, Good morning, God? I love you. Thank you for another day that you've given me to serve you. Not serve myself but to serve you. Who did the Israelites treasure? Where was their heart? Moses surrendered his life to follow God, but I don't see where the Israelites surrendered their hearts to follow God or repented and surrendered to him. And then Psalms 86, 11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk and live in your truth and direct and unite my heart to fear and honor your name. Teach me your way, O Lord. Do you know his way? Teach me your way, O Lord. Unite my heart to you. And I've told you many times, well, I saw God lasso my heart and pull it up to him, to his heart. God wants to lasso our hearts and pull it up to him. As we attend those classes, he teaches us the where's, the when's, the how's of our life. And he gives us wisdom and direction and guidance that, oh my goodness, I never thought of that, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, you're speaking to me. Don't you love when you get in the presence of the Lord? When we get here and we're worshiping and praising, you feel his presence. You feel that he's right here with you, and he is. But don't you love it when you feel it? You get in and get into his word and sit there and talk to him. Oh, he loves to sit down and have a conversation. And I mean a conversation. That means you talk, he listens, and then he says, I want to talk now. And now you listen. You see, that's a two-way conversation. We don't sit with our friends and one keeps talking and talking and talking and the other one sits and listens. Uh, the other one wants to get a word in there too, right? And that's the way our father is. He wants to talk to us. We need to be completely surrendered. And I'm going to tell you, if there is an area inside your heart, maybe you're not even aware of it, ask the Lord, what's inside of me that I have not given to you, that I've not surrendered? It might be something way back in the past that you've been holding on and just holding on and not giving it up. 
We must put complete dependence on God and trust him for everything. You know, Romans 8, 28, we know that scripture, right? I'm going to read it from the Amplified. We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor. God's our partner, isn't he? But we got a partner. God's looking for a partner to partner with. All things work together and are fitting into a plan for good. And for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. All things work together for good. All things. Doesn't say just some things work together for good. Uh, Just a little bit works for good. No. All things work together for good. That means all the hard stuff that we're going through. God is taking the good and he's taking the bad. And he's making a beautiful tapestry in our life. And we can't always see it because he's still working on that tapestry. But that's what he's doing. He's taking all the good and all the bad. Because that bad many times becomes a catalyst for what God wants to do in bringing our uh, purpose and his plan God gave Moses instructions that were different than other times. He spoke to them about saving it. So in verse 22, says, God told Moses to have the people gather twice as much as they needed. Now he was telling Moses to have the people save this because tomorrow is the Sabbath. And I don't want you going and doing anything. This is the Sabbath. You're going to rest. So that's entirely different than he told him before, right? Now, what's that tell you? Tells us that sometimes God will say the same thing, and all of a sudden, it's like, no, it's, it's just not time yet. I, I've told you this, but now I'm going to change this down the road because now it's my timing. It's my timing. You see, they... We're supposed to go every day for six days and gather. But then that seventh day, they were not to gather because the sixth day, they were going to take double what they had so that they would be ready and be able to rest on that Sabbath. And, of course, you got some people that don't listen. And what did they do? They went out on Sunday morning... (laughs) Didn't go to church. (laughs) I'm going to add that. (laughs) And they went to gather that food. And guess what? It wasn't there. It wasn't there. Why? Because God said, do this. I want you to gather double on Saturday. And then you won't have any to gather on Sunday. You'll be all right. But no, they're going to go out and try to gather it. You see, I'm, I'm reminded of how the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Think of that. Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Jesus became our example, and he showed us how to go through all these tests. This is how he went through it. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted 
tried and tested by the devil. And he went without food for 40 days and 40 nights. Can you imagine? I mean, uh, do you like fasting? <laughs> Not having any food at all? He went 40 days and 40 nights. <coughs> Excuse me. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are God's son, command these stones to be made of bread. If you are God's son. <coughs> Excuse me. God... If you are God's son, you think Jesus didn't know who he was? Come on. What a thing to say. Actually, that's a stupid thing to say, isn't it? Because Jesus already knew who he was. And he's telling him to command the stones to bread. What do you think Jesus can do? <laughs> Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit before he began his ministry. And the devil tried to put doubt in his mind on who he was. How many times do we have that doubt on who we are in the Lord? When a situation comes up, are we thinking about, no, we have the authority. Just like that song, speak the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have that authority. But many times over and over, the Israelites chose not to be upheld and encouraged by God's word. Through Moses. Jesus chose to follow his word. And what did Jesus say? Satan, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Wow. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You pick up your Bible. What do you think that is? Out of the mouth of God. Yes, men wrote it, but the Holy Spirit gave it to them. And God is speaking to us. Do you ever get amazed at a situation that you have and you open up your Bible and you just open it up and it, that scripture just fits right there, right where you need? That's because he's meeting you right where you're at. Because he loves us so much. Now, we have seen the Israelites' rebellion and ungratefulness because they have not taken hold of God's word through Moses. Moses told them over and over and over again, and they would not take a hold of that word. And as we have seen Jesus show us the way out of temptation by submitting to God, resisting the devil, and he flees. This is how God wanted the Israelites to follow his lead through the wilderness. And this is how Father wants us to be led through this wilderness. This wilderness in our life that we are seeing and going through, and we don't know what's coming next, and we don't know what's ahead. What are we doing? Are we getting into the word? Getting into his class? Listening to his heart? Are we grumbling and complaining? And just keep listening to all the things on TV, listening to all the media, and going down in discouragement. Are you experiencing 
God's fresh manna every day. Just like they needed it for nourishment in their bodies, they needed it spiritually. And that's how we are. We need his fresh manna every day. And if you're having trouble and you're not hearing God's voice, and maybe you've got a situation that is so hard and you don't know what to do, seek him. He has the answer because he is the answer. And he knows everything. Trust him. Rely on him. If you can't get the victory in a situation in your life, cry out to him. He will give you that victory because Jesus already won the victory. And he will give that to you. God wants to show his power to all his children. He's an amazing God. And when you get to know him and to know his heart, it changes your life. And that's what he wants to do with all of us. He wants to transform us. You know, God laid on my heart that this church is for healing and transformation. That's what God wants to do with all of us. <clears throat> he wants to heal us and transform us into what he's called us to be, more like Jesus. So, Father, we just thank you. <clears throat> we praise you. You are worthy, God. There's none like you. There's none like you. We are so grateful that we have you. And we don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. Because you are our rear guard to protect us. And you are surrounding us. The angel of the Lord is encamped around us. And you have pitched a tent and you're resting with us. And you've already walked our journey your way ahead of us. And we know that you have surprises up your sleeve. We know that there is many things that are going to happen that we can't even imagine what you're going to do. And most of all, we have you within us, Holy Spirit. We have you to direct and guide and move us <clears throat> on the path that you want us to be on. And so I speak favor upon favor, blessings upon blessings, mercy upon mercy, and grace upon grace. In Jesus' name, God loves you so much, and so do we.